Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the State of the Arts podcast. In this episode, we'll be featuring uh, the State of the Arts first ever panel event series, Culture Matters. Culture Matters is a new series from the State of the Arts, which is looking at different creative industries and how they've not only survived lockdown, but what the roadmap out of lockdown looks like. For our first episode, we're focusing on art galleries and exhibitions. Our panel included Alistair Hudson, who's the director of two of Manchester's most popular galleries, the Manchester Art Gallery and the Whitworth Gallery. We had Court Spencer, who's been involved in a number of art projects across Leeds. She previously directed Left Bank Venue and is currently the director of the Leeds Summer Group Show. We also have Nicola Triscott, the CEO and director of FACT in Liverpool, uh, who also curated one of their most recent exhibitions. We're really grateful to the panel for joining us for the first ever State of the Arts Culture Matters event. And also to everybody that joined us for the live stream, thank you so much for attending. It made for a fascinating discussion and a really successful event. And we hope you enjoy listening back to the first ever episode of the State of the Arts Culture Matters panel event series. I guess I want to open it up to the panel, um, just ask you guys, what were the biggest changes you had to, to make to get through lockdown? What were the biggest successes of those changes? And what do you imagine um, are going to stay? The changes that you made that really um, have now become characteristic of the way that you do things. Who would like to go first? I'm happy to kick off. Fantastic. Thanks. I, I could talk loads, as, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, th I think we were just, uh, so we went into lockdown, we were just about to open and say the animal responded, which um, I've only been at FACT for 20 months. So that was gonna be my first show at FACT. And um, so I, previously I was an arts catalyst in London. And I guess the, the first big change was just um, readjusting to being online for several months, which was, which was probably going to be quite straightforward for fact in some ways and that we were used to making our exhibitions as 3D experiences online. But um, I guess the major change was that we wanted to support the sector and we knew we were going to be cancelling exhibitions so we just diverted money and uh, quickly set up a new scheme called Fact Together which was about supporting um, 10 emerging artists in the north to develop new works for online and they didn't need to have worked in the digital sphere or online before uh, and that was that was has just been great I mean I think our learning from that was 10 is too many because we had to put in an enormous amount of, um, of production and curatorial support that probably nearly killed the team um, but it was an amazing thing to do and that's something that we're just going to keep doing. So we'll do Fact Together again uh, towards the end of this year. Um, and that was a really exciting thing to do. And then I suppose the other major immediate thing was starting to work towards reopening. And that was such guesswork. Uh, anyone who runs a gallery or a public venue will know that there weren't any guidelines about what signage you were going to need, even what the rules were going to be, whether it was going to be one meter plus or two meter plus. So we were trying to develop signage and um, working out and, and kind of ripping out all the VR sets and any touch screen stuff because it was all about the touch then. 
the discourse. It wasn't so much about the air. And so doing all this guesswork for an exhibition that was then gonna be reconfigured and reopened. And we had to, had to commission another new piece because we'd taken out so much. And then not knowing when we were whether we were gonna be reopening in July or August or September or October. So it was, it felt like mayhem for a while. Mm. We, we spoke, didn't we, immediately after I went to the went to the, the uh, exhibition, spoke to you about how you had had to um, bring in hands-free um, um, options, and you're using QR codes. And in terms of the experience and like the user experience in in in, in your gallery, are you going to sort of hold on to those things? Um, you think beyond the point that it's actually a, a requirement? Yeah, I think it brought out a lot of innovation in the team. Um, because instead of having, because it was really a sound centered work, so all the pieces had sound at the heart of them. And so we were using a lot of headphones and separate spaces. And then we didn't want to use separate spaces because we were going to get bottlenecks. So we had to kind of compact the exhibition and recurate it. And then work out a system whereby when the audience member walked up to the piece, they triggered the sound. And actually, that's been incredibly effective and it made for a really much better show uh, and so there are times when there are several people in the space where you can hear all the because it's all about the animal voice you can hear all the different animal sounds but working with the artists was fun was fantastic as well because they were so flexible about that they were so not precious about you know, keeping a little sound bubble around their pieces, they realized that there was going to be compromise and and we kind of kept sending sound files to them so they could hear it in the space. But I just think it really improved it actually that you could hear all these different animal sounds and they got louder as you went up to ones. It was it was beautiful. And I think there is a lot from that that we will learn from and keep going forward. Excellent. Did, did either of um, you guys, Alistair or Courtney, do did you feel like there were any major improvements to the way that you were doing things or any any changes that you brought in that you were like oh actually this is this has made it better we, we're going to stick with this now yeah i suppose i was sort of in a weird situation that i'd left left bank so i was the director there um and then i'd gone to australia for eight weeks and then i came back and started working with leeds museums and galleries at the back end of february so i think i was there for like three weeks in the office at, at Leeds Art Gallery before we then sort of went into lockdown and had to um, start working from home. But for me, um, like one of my personal projects that I'd been working on, um, I had, for the past five years, I'd been doing the summer group, the Leeds summer group show. So I was sort of in a position where I used to host that at Left Bank. Now I didn't have a venue. So I was sort of looking for a venue, but then all of a sudden I realized I didn't actually need one because I couldn't have put it on physically anyway. So it kind of worked in my favor. So then I was able to apply for funding um, from Leeds Inspired and that allowed me to then set up a website. And so then I sort of just tried to sort of mimic everything that I'd done on the physical exhibition through to, you know, the way that we did the open call outs, the way we sort of, um, we use curator space to sort of, um, to, to view those and, and how the sort of panel worked. So obviously that we had to sort of tweak the panel slightly in terms of we couldn't all physically sit together and do it. But, you know, we did try and use all the same sort of elements and even down to, in the past we've, we've awarded a prize and so people used to sort of vote on that so we sort of had a voting system that maybe didn't work as well as I would have liked to online um, but hey you live and learn 
Um, so yeah, it was, it was sort of interesting to do it that way. So it enabled me in a way to do something that I was sort of feeling a bit bummed that I, I hadn't sort of figured out um, where I would host that. But then also, I think in the past, we'd only had about sort of, I don't know, maybe 200 people sort of a, um, submit um, work and in the past, but now we had like almost 400. And also because it was online, there wasn't the sort of like logistics that the artists had to think about. So it became sort of more international in a way. So, um, so that was interesting. And then also because I wasn't sort of like fixed, I didn't have a fixed period. I could sort of run it for as long as I wanted to. So the duration, instead of being like a few days, it was all of a sudden for the month of July. And that meant that obviously we're not stuck to like, you know, restrictive sort of opening times or anything. So the people who viewed the exhibition, it was it was far greater than I would have had had, had that exhibition just being a physical exhibition. So, but I think going forward, even if I do get to put that on as a physical exhibition, I think I would definitely want to maintain an element of the digital in it um, going forward. So, so yeah, I sort of think a lot of positive came from it for me um yeah 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 that's excellent I mean just hearing the growth that having that that kind of exponential exposure that online um spaces can give you is you know that is is fantastic um and and, and Alistair what about um what about with you with your experiences um with, with the galleries um yeah I think there's I mean, obviously, there was there was a, a, a quick reaction to move everything online. Although I was, I was I was kind of conscious about this kind of knee jerk reaction to, you know, people who work in museums and galleries like to fill space, and suddenly there was this kind of rush to fill the online space because they couldn't fill their physical spaces anymore. Um, and I I was initially a little bit cautious about that because I was conscious about the way people were, were reacting differently in their own domestic situations. Um, but the, the online programs have been great, been really fantastic. Um, but it's accentuated in a way the need for the physical as well, which has been, you know, conversely quite interesting. But for, I think for me, one of the, the, the biggest positive impacts of this has been in a way the, 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 the closure, the shutdown has had, has had a sort of effect on getting us to think differently. And I think there's been a sort of wholesale recalibration in the sector as a whole about what the hell we are doing and what we're doing it for um, and what the point of this is. And I think a lot of museums and galleries have got caught in this cycle of producing, you know, endless exhibitions, this kind of, you know, exhibition machine, um, which turns out things for a spectator economy. And so in a way, I think this, the fact that um, we've, we've lost people that was one of the biggest things is that even online what we what we've lost is this idea of the museum as a gathering space and a people space that isn't quite replicated online in the same way um, and I think there's there's something coming out of this which is about breaking that cycle of exhibition reproduction of that conveyor belt and thinking different ways of programming thinking different ways of making art and presenting art other than doing exhibitions as such. I kind of um, thought a lot recently about um, the end of the exhibitionary era, about what might happen next if we, if, we, if we go on to another phase that is induced by this kind of, you know, global catastrophe. And yeah. it, goes with it goes with the environment as well, because I think we stopped shipping enormous quantities of stuff around the world in, in crates. 
and that's had an impact. And we've stopped jetting around the world to Venice and to conferences. I've done loads of conferences in the last year, but I've done them from this chair, which has actually been quite nice. In some way. I mean, it's nice to go to places, but um, uh, I think I know that will be a positive change for good as well. I think that you know the the, the impact on uh, on the environment and our ecosystem. Um, I, th I hope will will be changed permanently. Um, so I think there are some quite physical positive aspects of this, even though it's very painful and difficult at the same time for many people. Mm. Um, maybe we could sort of talk a bit about then like the spectator audience experience. I know that you've spoken um, in the past a lot, Alice, about your sort of idea around um, use, useful art and, and sort of the recalibration of how how um, the spaces and, and people kind of intersect and um, maybe you could sort of talk a bit about how, how that, well, how, what, that, what that is and how that relates to what we're going through at the moment, any changes to that and this kind of um, the spectator economy, um, the idea of what, what the audience um, gains out of the work that you guys put on and what value we extract from, from their participation, like how much of, um, how much of that has changed for you guys. It might be worth mentioning, um, you said talk about our respective cities, um, it might be worth putting that into focus. Obviously, I mean, what was one of the great things about uh, the last nine, ten months or a year even, is it, um, was it was kind of the collegiate nature uh, and, rela and relationships that were um, enhanced by this, that, you know, all sorts of, you know, institutions and directors and curators and, you know, and collections teams, everybody all basically started talking in a way they hadn't talked before and conversing and Manchester got together and we kind of got funding packages together to work collectively. Um, so, so for example, there was, um, we, we, as part of the sort of recovery money, we pooled a lot of that together to share it across all institutions in, in the city, whether they got, you know, the emergency funding or not from the government magic money tree. Wow. And um, the, the immediate response was, well, let's all give it to, you know, marketing Manchester and let's, you know, say the city is open again and attract tourists. But then we said, well, no tourists are going to come. There aren't going to be, you know, tourists, you know, for a year, maybe, you know, the, the, the landscape is, is totally different. And actually what is happening in the city like Manchester is it's, it's, um, it's urban population is growing. The city centre is, um, its population is growing, you know, by hundreds of thousands. Um, and that changes the way museums operate in the future. And I, I very much see um, the thinking, cer certainly of you know the Whitworth and um, uh, uh, Manchester Art Gallery as being places that are used regularly and habitually, and, uh, and that's how I always wanted museums to be anyway. But the circumstances I think are forcing that, um, and it's about people understanding how to use mu museums and galleries as part of their life habit, rather than a sort of an exceptional thing you might do every three months or every month or or so on. As a, as a destination experience. It's part of your overall life experience. And certainly the, the kind of window of two months that we were allowed to be open, the reaction from the public for me really reinforced that because they stayed longer. They really immersed themselves in the material and the stuff and the relationship they had with the, with the museum, but also in a way that the way they said, God, we really need it. We suddenly realized we really need art in our lives in a, in a way we hadn't really thought about before. And um, I don't know, when we, when we opened the doors to it, but the first person through the door, because we, we were giving out goodie bags, you know, like they do in, in 
I don't know, Dino comic when they open a new shop, mm. get you know a goodie bag for the first customer. Six-year-old six birthday party. Exactly, yeah. And uh, yeah, the first person through was a was a uh, was an NHS worker from across the road with her baby, and the second person through the door was an oncology patient who'd come from Derbyshire for his regular appointment at the hospital. And you realise actually the traffic of these places is is ingrained in people's lives, and I think that's a much more kind of uh, beautiful way of thinking about the use of art galleries and art than um, all of us schlepping up and down the country for a sort of momentary um, snatch of culture and a cup of tea. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's there's a lot there to sort of to, to pull out. I think like, um, I'd really like to hear from both uh, Nicola and Courtney about how this has impacted um, the city, regional, probably more city-based attitude, and any kind of identity changes you're 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 feeling or that you're a part of, um, as like as Alistair described earlier. But also, what was it like in, in the period where where things were open? Very briefly, um, did that feel very different to you? Um, did you get any kind of feedback that made you think um, you're going to have to you're going to approach things differently now? I think sort of building on what Alistair was saying in that if you sort of take people away or something away from people you know you're you, you then realize what you're missing and, and you sort of value something so much more so by taking sort of art and culture away from people all of a sudden you know that was one of the things that you were craving and so so people were really keen to sort of engage with that when they came back and I think it, it it's sort of like it's that connection and it's not necessarily just about going and seeing an exhibition but it's sort of interacting with people and and you know like just some of those sort of like day-to-day -day sort of chance encounters that when we're all trapped in our homes we're missing out on and I think some of those things you know like the front of house teams you know having conversations with people that really add to that experience I think it's not just the looking at something it's it's the whole sort of process of it and that sort of feeling part of a community and feeling connected to people um, yeah, I think I think that's sort of been interesting, and for me personally as well, I sort of think um, you sort of um, you sort of reassess what's important and what you really really miss. Yeah. And then uh, for, for you, Nicola, did you did you feel a similar um, a similar thing? And how was um, I think we spoke actually on the phone about um, how the city of Liverpool, you, you the the togetherness you you felt um, initially, and how that um, might have. Um, made you re rethink the, the potential that city citywide collaboration has. I I completely echo what what Alistair and Courtney said about this has really re-emphasised um, the social nature of art and the social nature of the gallery, um, and even looking online, the most successful online stuff has had this social element to it. Um, we found we were very lucky in Liverpool because we got that little opening after lockdown two between lockdown two and Christmas. Um, and the one thing I learned from both the reopenings is that people flooded back. People just flooded back. And, and I think it was partly, um, you know, just a desperation to go into, to have something to do and a social space or to have the familiarity. But a lot of our audiences, because we were tracking them very closely, were new audiences. Um, so we increased the audiences to the gallery. Obviously, the cinemas were, were sh shut a lot of the time, but we increased the audiences through the galleries, which was really interesting. I mean, a lot of them were new people. Uh, and there is also, but the other element is that there is this spirit of, of Liverpool, of really supporting your local 
businesses and your local cultural institutions. And, uh, and so that was really sweet. People would come and thank us for being open. And um, yeah, I mean, Liverpool is an amazing city. I'm just, I'm so knocked out by, by the spirit in this city and the togetherness of this city. I mean, and I think the, the Liverpool cultural institutions have always had very close connections. I mean, we have, we have these groups that, that meet very regularly, um, but it, it has brought us even closer. And those, those networks where, I mean, cause we've always met um, like the major cultural institutions of Liverpool meet every three weeks. We now meet every two weeks online, but it's given us a much more of a focus for those meetings. They're not just kind of update meetings. They're like, how are we going to work together in the future? How are we going to open the city up? How can we collaborate online? Should we be thinking about our own broadcasting channel? Um, it's been, it's been really exciting. And then, and then also thinking regionally about how we work with our, with other cities and partners across the North. So we're developing this partnership with home, in Manchester around uh, a film programme uh, and a cinema in the city programme going forward. So that's been a really good spirit as well is like how, what, what, is, so, what is so different about the North? Cause it's our cities that are gonna open up first, but then if people are moving at all, it's probably gonna be regionally. Yeah, no, I think that's really, that's, that's really interesting. I think it's really good to hear that you guys have had um, uh, you know, a window of positive experience last year and that you had the chance to feel that um, that affection from from the public. Um, and I guess it kind of it, it must feel like it validates not that you not that there'd be any doubt that all the work that is being put out is, you know, being really well received. But then to have that kind of response must be really, um, really fantastic, really rewarding for you. Um, I think it is nice because you kind of I mean, I think when you go into lockdown, there's a pandemic, you do you do question whether what you're, you do with your life is as valuable as what other people are doing out there. Mm -hmm. and, and then you open up for a month or two and people flood back and you realize how important it is, mm -hmm. um, the work that you present and the, the cultural space you offer. So yeah, that has been, that has been really so feeding. Yeah. D but it also should be, it also should be said that in a way this, this has really affected a lot of the, people who work in culture as well you know a lot of a lot of the team well all the teams that work in museums and galleries have been this hit hard, you know hit hard by this as everybody else and um i always think you know people in the sort of uh, art world we're, we're all sort of hamstrung by our own enthusiasm and we carry on working whatever and doing as much as we can whatever but you know i think it has been it's been very tough it should be said it's been tough for a lot of people to work through this and, um, and I think what that has done, and I hope it will do, is to break that kind of them and us barrier down that the consumer economy uh, creates. And mm. actually that uh, museums and galleries are very much part of the, you know, the city people infrastructure of a place and people, you know, a, an institution is made up of people who live and work in the city as well. And I think that, that that's a very subtle change of dynamic, but I think could be a very positive one as well. Also, I suppose if we're sort of like looking at um, being more local and maybe more regional and we're not expecting that sort of international sort of travel like we've, we've seen it in the past, I suppose that means that we can start, um, oh, sorry, my dog's whining. Um, I suppose that means we can sort of like change, change the focus slightly on, on some of our programming. Sorry. I totally yeah. 
my train of thought there sorry guys <laughs> no it's fine I, I think I think you would what you were sort of um starting with um uh, Courtney about how um maybe the cha maybe the uh the the change in identity or maybe more of a more of a regional or local focus how how that might affect the kind of the kind of work you um you think is gonna gonna be effective or is gonna be gonna be wanted I mean maybe that's a, that's a, probably a good question to to think about as well like what impact does um a year-long lockdown and a pandemic a global event um and then also these other trends that we've been talking about moving to moves to online um uh, more of a regional local um perspective how does that affect um the kind of work that you guys want to to put on like do do you feel that there's um trends that you want to reflect in the stuff that you're that you're displaying um is there stuff that you kind of want to avoid and you maybe don't think people are going to be interested in or just kind of going to be sick of hearing about um what, what do you guys think i think it just for me it just accentuates what we were doing anyway i mean we have a very uh purposely driven um responsive program i guess yeah you know which is designed to be relevant and addressing the issues around us in in all kinds of ways mm. and what the last year has done is really highlight you know even more so you know the iniquities and injustices and imbalances that um that are you know that need to be dealt with and i think uh, arts and culture have a very strong role to play in um, but you know, I, I talk about that at great length, obviously. But um, uh, I, I think that I, I think in a way it just sort of makes us more determined to follow those programs. And I think uh, I don't know for both both the galleries in Manchester, it's around the issues of education, health, social justice, environment. You know, th these are the things you can do it in playful, experimental ways, but um, it doesn't have to be um, you know. Uh, with a furrowed brow necessarily but you know these the, these are the challenges of our times and actually this is what people are interested in this is what's on everybody's minds um and i think that there's a there's a distinct role there to be played so um certainly certainly for whitworth and manchester art gallery they will be more yeah will follow their themes even more so I think also if we're sort of not following that massive growth model where we're sort of like looking at our visitor figures and desperately trying to sort of just constantly build year on year, but but like looking at deepening the relationships that we have with those that are coming through the doors. I think that's, and also that sort of plays into the environmental thing, which, you know, obviously we all know we've got like a decade to do something to change the traje tra trajectory of things. Um, so if we're, um, yeah, not sort of trying to seek you know the, the sort of international sort of travel or, or the big sort of blockbuster international sort of shows that are doing the tours but like yeah focusing focusing yeah more sort of specifically and budgets yeah. and budgets have been and will be hammered yeah yeah so we're not going to be able to do the stuff we used to do so we're going to have to think of different ways of doing it and uh definitely you know a big conversation nationally and internationally now particularly for institutions with collections is we're going to have to use our collections more. We have to get the stuff out, have fun with that, which yeah. is actually quite exciting, quite nice. And will we learn overseas anymore? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that will still happen. And I think in a way, but I think everybody is doing that internationally. So I think the new international conversation is, is about how you work specifically in your locality and the correspondence between different strategies and tactics about how you do that. 
that in a way for me is what actually internationalism should be about not about uh, you know a singular story of the history of art or you know or you know a, a curator class of uh, jet setters going forward one of the one of the things that i wanted to do when i came into fact was was to turn it as much into a place where in, into a training organization as much uh, and a making organization just as much as a showing organization and that urgency to be of uh, a value to young people who've been hit you know just worse than anyone else by the pandemic in terms of I mean obviously it's 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 um, it's the older people who are who are hit most in terms of their health but the young people are losing their jobs and losing their hope that's the worst thing and so that um, that desire that I had is now an urgent thing that we need to to do. Um, and so we're jumping on things like the, the kickstart training schemes and the apprenticeship schemes and setting up our own technicians training scheme and working with a lot more um, young and emerging artists. And in a way, something that probably would have taken me three years to bring about that level of organizational cultural change in fact uh, is happening really fast now because the whole team sees that urgency and the city sees that urgency. The other change I think going forward is that we want to get out of the building and get out there. So we're looking at doing um, a program called Cinema in the City, which is using uh, disused or un underused large buildings around the city so that we can do kind of socially distanced film screenings um, when we're allowed to and and take film um, and a different different offer of film from the one that Picture House has in the building at the moment out to a much broader audience um, and and just turning the building inside out we're going to get a, a new kind of LED facade on the front of the building so we can so we can screen moving image works onto onto the square outside so there are, there are ideas out there that are transforming the organization from, from how it was thinking to how it needs to think in the future. And, and I completely agree with, with Alistair and Courtney, of course, about the, the urgency of um, becoming carbon neutral, so which we're com committing to do by the end of next year. So good luck us. Fantastic. Um, I think we'll go to a quick uh, sort of Q&A break, bring in some of the questions we've had. Um, we've had a couple from before um, and a couple during the chat as well. Um, so these, <laughs> I have to be careful because these are questions that probably could take days to answer, but we'll try and um, be as compact as possible. But um, I had this question from Tadej, which was, um, do the panelists think the art and work that people create after this experience slash lockdown will be more realist based or will the work be a form of escapism? Who would like to have a, have a go at answering that? It'll probably like it always is, it will be a mix. It will depend, it'll depend on the personality. I mean, at the moment we've got at Manchester Art Gallery, although we haven't been able to open it, we've got the Grayson's Art Club show on, which of course mm. was, was like a rapid response show in lockdown. And in the end was, uh, manifest on TV um, and obviously there's a whole mix of stuff from escapism to fantasy to realism in that and I think you know people respond in different ways and I think it, it like always it'll it'll be a mix of things 
I don't I don't think for me I don't think escapism is the is ever the, the sole province of art I don't think it should always be about escapism I think it should be about you know taking part in and getting your hands dirty and uh, in, into the mess of the world because there's a great joy in that as well um, so I, I hope it doesn't become pure escapism I'll certainly be fighting that it shouldn't be I mean there's, there's a place for that I've watched enough Netflix over the last nine months to do that but uh, I think there's there's a lot to be said for everybody actually creating a culture of contribution and I think um, that, that that's something that's I, I would love to think comes out of this is you know we've had we've had a long period of time of a culture of um, artists self-expression and uh, I'd like to see a kind of new era emerge of a, 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 an art of community contribution where we're all sort of not thinking about you know kind of our own uh, selves too much and about other people and what we can put into that central pot for everybody else. Fantastic um, we had a couple of others um, so this is from um, from Ross so he says the pandemic has accelerated the move for galleries and artists to display art online. Uh, on the one hand, this is a democratizing effect, but on the other hand, part of the enjoyment of directly experiencing a piece of art is lost. How would you like to see galleries grapple with that balance when visitors are allowed back? I guess you guys have touched on that a bit already, but um, if you have sort of more uh, exposition on that, that'd be great to hear. I think all up programming how we're thinking about our programming and which is now in kind of annual strands of, of kind of cultural inquiries um are around in building outside the building and online so it, every time we're doing a season or we're thinking about our uh, inquiry going forward it's that it's that mix um and and it's it's getting the mix of voices in as well. It's working with um, it's working with artists. It's working for me. I'm really interested in working with 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 scientists in our cultural inquiry, and it's working with different different publics to bring and different experts to bring those voices in. Yeah, I think it's going to be it'll be a mixed economy of, of this stuff, um, which, which actually is, is 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 I think will be quite healthy actually, because it's allowed a new kind of internationalism where we've, you know, all been, you know, and when we've done workshops, you know, in the galleries, and I think it's the same for everybody, you know, um, you know, you've sort of have your usual, I don't know, philosophy cafe or uh, workshops around the collection or, um, you know, querying the program uh, work. And, uh, you know, you get local people, you get, you know, the crowd that usually come to these events and these meetings, but then you get someone from Bangalore or somebody from Toronto <laughs> dropping in, which is fantastic. It's brilliant. You know, when you get somebody sharing, oh, I've got a teacup in my cupboard and, you know, they're there in, in India and they go and get it from the cupboard and they talk about that history of that object. It's really, it's actually really wonderful to have that. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I want to keep that. But then it's been quite interesting in those sessions where we've taken the work online and you talk about things in the abstract and you've not, you haven't got the stuff in front of you. There has been something missing in the texture of that experience. And even just then when we were able to go into the gallery to get objects out, to share, even in the Zoom format, the, the, the kind of feel and, and, and nature of that uh, interaction get changed again because you sort of had an object in the room and that, that thing you could talk over which I think is very special. And I think that that would then translate again back into the physical space when that's allowed. And then what I also hope is that that can then reverb back into the digital space. 
So there's, a, there's an artist I'm working with at the moment who's developing a kind of um, omnidirectional search engine, which will allow you to take things digitally from the collection, mutate them, and then recreate them in real space. So actually it's a sort of using the digital system to redistribute the collection in interesting ways as well, that has kind of real potential in terms of um, large scale capacity. So yeah, it's actually quite, quite exciting. And people know how to do this now. Before lockdown, we didn't really know how to do Zoom. We didn't have, we didn't have much faith in webinars and stuff like that. But I think now everybody's got in the groove a bit, so they know how to do it. Painful, we still don't, we still don't know how to unmute ourselves though. Oh no. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really like um, Hannah's question in the chat, if I could address it, which is um, course, yeah. about accessibility of, of online galleries and, and I and I guess my answer to that isn't so much about the about online exhibitions because I haven't really had people going I can't access your online exhibition but it's more about the I guess the participation work that we've been doing that um, one would automatically think could move online but actually Zoom has not been good for participatory work through our learning team and we've our team has still been um, we've been working with prisoners so we have a big uh, program with a couple of local prisons um, which rather to our astonishment there was um, there was a demand from the from from the governor of the one of the prisons for it to continue because the prisoners are locked up for like 23 hours a day at the moment and that was hugely challenging because they they can't access um, the internet at all um, although actually the governor's now working on seeing if he can do that. So that was all done through uh, through letter writing. So the, the artists we were working with would put together packages of activities, taking forward the work that she'd been doing in person with them and send, and send those into the prisons. Um, and then other work that we've been doing with young people and older people has had to be very creative. I think that I, they're exhausted, my learning team, because they've practically been going door to door, kind of delivering things and talking to people through the windows um, and also working with schools. I think they've, they've done workshops with about 350 pupils over this period because while the schools have been open, so the last period and this period, um, actually going into schools and delivering workshops. So it has been, I absolutely agree. I think that access to uh, the online is very unevenly distributed and there are, there are huge gaps uh, all over the country, but Liverpool has huge, huge, huge uh, levels of deprivation and we have big, um, big issues with, uh, with people being able to access online and particularly young people um, trying to get education. And um, I guess um, Courtney as well with um, the sort of the accessibility of, of um, having stuff online, you, you saw some benefits there with the, with the, with the summer group show. Um, and have you thought about um, applying that with all of your projects now? Is that gonna be something that won't just be for, is it gonna have to be a specific type of projects that that will work for? Is it, are you going to try and make sure everything has a has a digital um, edge to it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I really definitely saw value in that in terms of, you know, like looking at visitor numbers, it was, you know, like five times what we'd get at a physical exhibition and things like that. And obviously your reach is far greater. 
So yeah, but I do sort of take on board that not everybody has access to online. And so that's something obviously these museums and galleries have been very aware of. And so within our community teams and our learning teams, they too have been sort of putting together, you know, packs and things that they would have to physically sort of distribute to the communities. Um, but yeah, in terms of accessibility in, in reach, yeah, that, that's definitely helped. Um, and also in terms of like physical accessibility, um, you know, um, that, that, was, that, that was easier um, to navigate than maybe a grade two star listed building would be. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some advantages. Um, I'm, we'll, we've got another question, which I think is 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 really interesting. Um, I just quickly want to sort of say, um, anybody who's listening in, if if you're not following the state of the arts on on social media, obviously please do. And if you're interested in uh, writing for us and sharing your ideas on um, exhibitions or um, trends in the in, in arts and culture that you'd like to commentate on, um, you can always just sort of get in touch with us, and we'll be happy to to hear your ideas and hopefully get some of your work on our site. Um, but yeah, just the third question then, um, this is from, from that and it's the pandemic has uh, of course meant that the majority of things have moved online for artists, this likely means promoting their work through social media rather than at exhibitions. How do you think that will impact things when uh, we sort of return to normal? Obviously there was like the artist, was it an artist support pledge? Is that what it was? I thought yeah. that was a brilliant sort of scheme and obviously it sort of, you know, like got everybody sort of, um, just sort of thinking more about about one another and you know um, and and just sort of supporting each other and I thought that was that was really nice to see. Um, I do think that it's people have obviously had to turn to they were already moving towards social media, but obviously you know when that becomes your prime sort of um, method of of communication and reaching out and connecting with people, I think that sort of broadened people's. Um, reach I suppose in terms of internationally but I do think that the, then there's that sort of like hyper local where when we were in lockdown all of a sudden you became very very aware of you know if you didn't have access you didn't really want to get on public transport you didn't have a car all of a sudden it was like whatever's within walking distance you know so it went from one extreme of you know like the world is so small to hyper local and it's wherever I can walk in within this radius of where I live mm. Um, so that's sort of interesting. Mm. Yeah, something Alistair said about this, you know, you're going from having these massive spaces, right, for the galleries that then shrink into these tiny handheld, um, like, devices, um, that, that what, what, what effect that has would be really interesting to see, right? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see the, um, the commercial sector, actually, commercial arts sector has thrived in lockdown in quite, in quite interesting ways. And if you kind of talk to gallerists, I mean, it's partly to do with the fact that very rich people are investing in art in ways they've never done before, as, as, the, as the economy tanks, as it always does, they put their money into art. So they've been doing very well, thank you very much. By, and they've created quite sophisticated online galleries in order to do that. Um, and interestingly, it, it's not unrelated to that. I had a meeting with artists last week in, in the city who were really sort of saying, well, can we change the narrative? A lot of the narrative is all about, oh, the institutions are struggling and the, you know, that they can't open and, you know, the, the cafe is struggling, but actually there's a lot going on. Artist studios are still working. Artists are still working. They're still making stuff. They're still showing, they're still selling. So don't let the, you know, from an artist's perspective, they were saying, well, don't, don't, you know, can we kind of get it through 
uh, and across that it's not just gloom and doom and, and institutions are struggling, but actually individual artists are uh, uh, actually making, you know, making hay to a certain extent at the moment as well. It's, uh, it's not all bad. Um, so yeah, that was quite, I was quite pleased they shouted up and uh, call, called the fat cats to account. <laughs> I, I think it was last week or the week before on ALVA, what's that stand for? The Association of Leading um, Visitor Attractions. They were saying that ordinarily people would sort of save maybe like 12% of their income. And now they were saving, you know, during lockdown, they were maybe saving something like 30%. So they were saying that some, I know some people have been, you know, hard hit financially, but some people haven't. And some people are actually saving more money than they would have ordinarily. And then, and this is a horrible stat, but they were saying that obviously like 90,000 people died, more, more, more people died last year than they would have ordinarily. And so as awful as that is, they were then saying, so that then means that more people are coming into inheritance. And so, you know, they were sort of saying, what do people do with all of this money? And so, Alistair, maybe it is that they are investing in, in, in art. Um, yeah, but that's something that I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about that sort of element of a global pandemic at all. Yeah, but I think, I, you know, I, I don't think art will necessarily change massively other than I think, I, well, I, again, I think it might develop more of a kind of social remit after this as well. So certainly from the, from the museums and gallery sector, that will, be, that will be accentuated for sure. And the, you know, the, the pressures that comes to institutions around funding, around government re expectations, et cetera, et cetera, will, will shift that gaze. If, you know, if you look at the new Arts Council strategy, for example, um, some of the, you know, the kind of key indicators for that are very much in that direction. Um, so there will, yeah, there will be, I think it will, it will refocus everybody's minds in a different way. And the type of work that gets commissioned and the type of work that gets, um, yeah, kind of, kind of gets uh, uh, put out there. Um, but I think more distributed models will be part of that as well. I think Jack's got um, a question. Would you like to throw it out there, Jack? Uh, yeah, just listening to Courtney talk about, um, I guess, uh, switching the narrative from growth and some of the things, Alistair, you were saying. Whilst I obviously empathise with that, um, I just wonder, looking ahead at definitely the next few years are going to be a kind of Tory government that seems to be very kind of classic ec economy and GDP focused. And that is the role of culture often in meetings that I'm in. We have to explain culture's economic benefits, right? I just as we talk about kind of moving away from growth, I mean, um, do you think that's a realistic thing to suggest we can do in a political environment that doesn't seem at all like that? No, I don't think, I, I think you have to take it on. I think you have to, you have to work with it. I mean, they're just, they're just doing that with the environment at the moment. If you've seen the report that just came out where basically they put a price tag on every single living thing on the planet and actually every non-living thing on the planet as well. Um, and they actually have also just uh, there's a report um, out this week as well, which is basically looking at basically doing a survey and what uh, what people are prepared to pay to visit an art gallery. So you know this is this is this is the 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 sea we're swimming in, and it's it's one of numbers and data, and that's how certainly how, how this government works. Um, but interesting, they're also thinking at the same time about what are, what's the data around social impact. 
and I think there could be some. And so I, I, for me, I, I don't think you can ever throw bricks at a system and try and break it. It never, it never really works. But I think you can get in there and get in the cracks and, and work, work at it from the inside. Um, I think there is work to be done in terms of shaping different narratives around uh, what, what economics is and what economy means you know, in, a, in a more holistic sense. Um, which is not about money and numbers, but about a good operating system for society. And I think that is the question we could be, well, certainly um, we're actually doing a show on economics uh, on this in a couple of years. The Whitworth. Um, but uh, in, in a way, it's the big subject of our times. And it's going to be more so as, you know, the impact of all this uh, magic money fee stuff hits the ground and it hits people hard. Um, so I think there's going to, yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a huge area for development, but I think the, the only way to do it is by working strategically and tactically, um, not trying to find it. There isn't another system at the moment. There won't be one available. We've got to bend the one that, uh, that's in play. I think I'm very fortunate being in Liverpool because you don't have to sell it to Liverpool City Council or, or Liverpool City Region that the arts and culture has an economic benefit since they got the European City of Culture in 2008. Mm. You know, the, the line is that culture is the rocket fuel of the economy in Liverpool and we're seen as, as central to the regeneration of the city after the pandemic and bringing back people back into the city centre and providing opportunities for young people and working with the education sector. And we're included in all the conversations that are going on um, and the nice thing is that the government's listening to Liverpool, which has never happened before. Liverpool's always been like the, the, the lefty whack jobs out there. Um, but now we're not. Now we're flavour of the month. Now we're the place that has the mass testing. Now um, the government is listening to Liverpool, which is absolutely extraordinary. And Liverpool has an awful, an awful lot to say um, about culture and the economy. So uh, it's... Yeah, it, now, there, now are, there are kind of little the, exciting pockets happening. <laughs> now, Manchester's the bad guy with government. A, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind the, of we're switched. We're bunch of lefty radicals. <laughs> 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 Which, interestingly, is very funny because uh, Manchester Council have basically are now uh, uh, behind culture in quite a different way now. Yes, there's the economic argument, but now the, big, the biggest player in terms of the, uh, the, the city decision-making is, is around the social role of culture. Of what it what it can do for residents, and uh, it, it, next week I have to go and present my Manchester Art Gallery's report to the City Council. In the, you know, in the in the wooden chamber, it's a hilarious thing, and uh, they they basically are signing off a standstill budget, um, just between you and me, um, uh, uh, based on the fact of the of the of the social role of the art gallery, not on and there isn't and nowhere really is it mentioned in the report about tourism. It's all about what can the gallery do for the lives of people who live in the city, for education, for health, all those kinds of things, which actually is a, is a massive step forward to where we were five, 10 years ago. So that's amazing. We've got an amazing new director of public health up here, Paul Soul, started in March, 2020. Um, but he, he came into one of the meetings of the, of the cultural institutions right at the beginning, just before, actually just before um, lockdown started. And was really passionate about the role of culture in public health, and that was kind of pre-pandemic. So he, uh, he's an amazing guy, and I think the conversations 
that you're talking about that are happening in Manchester are going to start really accelerating everywhere. So maybe there is this opportunity to to take take a lead from those conversations in Manchester and and shift the shift the conversation more broadly. Well, yeah, with like the pandemic, obviously, well-being is at the forefront and mental well-being in particular for, for everybody. So I do think everybody's got a role to play within that. But yeah, it's good that, that they're starting to sort of like take that as, as currency. Yeah. Yeah, Courtney, when are we going to be the radical Marxists in Leeds? We never get the <laughs> radical Marxists thing, do we? <laughs> You'll lead the way, I'm sure. Boris would, still wouldn't dare come up to Liverpool, though. Pull down the statues, they'll be up like a shot. Um, I think um, we've covered a lot of ground and there's a couple of things that I, I, I want to just um, touch on um, before we before we wrap up. I appreciate an hour is like a long time to sort of hold everyone's attention for, but um, thank you everyone so far. I guess it would be good to um, hear about what you guys have in terms of a plan this year or the maybe for the next year and a half i can imagine it's very difficult to make any kind of plans and we are probably looking at a uh, a tiered system at some point which could mean that um all three of you have different situations um spaces and places will be open depending on where they are and all, all manner of factors and do you guys have um are you are you taking into account the various possibilities that there could be or are you going to have to just sort of play it a bit by ear as, as we as we find out whatever happens over the next couple of months? Oh, we have all had to play it by ear quite a lot. You know, like we've spent, you know, weeks planning, then just for an announcement to be made. And all of a sudden that planning's gone out the window in a lot of cases. But I think going forward, you know, we're, we're looking at sort of more blended sort of delivery modes. So... So sort of bringing in the sort of physical, but also the digital and even, you know, like on the same sort of, you know, within the same event, um, a little bit like Alistair was saying, you know, ha having an event where, you know, they're generally more local people, but then all of a sudden you get a few internationals popping in. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's definitely a route that we're looking at um, going forward. And then, yeah, as we've said, me as a sort of freelance curator, I suppose I am looking at, at sort of online and sort of tentatively putting into things, you know, and a physical exhibition, you know, where government guidelines allow. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's probably, it's a, again, it's, it's a bit of both worlds. You have endless permutations and plans of what might happen, all of which might happen and none of which might happen. And then we're just waiting to see when and how because we know nobody knows we're, we're just in limbo land um so i think actually what is quite interesting is the plans tend to be around a sort of soft reopening up not a sudden let's get back to work again let's do this exhibition let's do that exhibition i mean our whole pro i don't know what everyone else's uh, programs look like but you know it, it's like this sort of moving amorphous blob every time you look at it it changes again it's like something out of a science fiction movie all, all these uh, kind of datelines for, for, for projects um, and that's just the way it's going to be and maybe that's quite healthy actually in some in some way I mean it drives us all nuts because we're trying to you know plan things and nail things down um, but it means that you yeah you, you just can't be a slave to um, yeah to to, to, to to that old system anymore you have to work in a different way. We're, we're planning our seasons to run a lot longer I mean and say the animal responded was should have been three months, but it's pretty much run the year. And, you know, I think each of our seasons will be 
about six months to give you know the opportunity for as we pop in and out of tears for people to come and experience the show so we're still planning to do that um and then there's the the, the kind of the outdoor stuff the the screening program that we're planning on the new facade and um uh, and then the cinema in the city program when we're allowed to do socially distant stuff so that's for me that's the one that that uh, is the most vulnerable to lockdowns. I think the exhibitions can be put up. They can stay there. We can we can open within twelve hours now. It's really not. A, we can open and shut really quickly. There's no major planning about it. Um, so you tell us we're coming at a, a tier tomorrow. We can be open tomorrow. So uh, so that's that stuff's all okay, and the outdoor stuff is all okay, and the participatory work is continuing, and our work with artist development is still continuing. It's the uh, it's the cinema program that's the that's the challenge. Yeah. I mean, what I quite like about uh, the, the program going forward is that all our projects are related to kind of real activities in the world. They're, they're, they're exhibitions which are part of manifestations of ongoing public projects with people around, you know, around politics, around identity, around education, um, health, you know, all, the, all these different things. Um, so in a way, all that work can carry on in, what, in whatever way out there in the world. Um, and really the, the, the exhibition is, is, is simply the sort of uh, flowering of the, of the, you know, it's a bit like kind of um, fungi. There's a, you sort of all the, the programs, this sort of mycelae in the world and, you know, you have the fruiting bloom, which is the, exhi is the exhibition, but the work still goes on. Um, so that's, yeah, it's, it's, hopefully that's a slightly more adaptable way of working and a more effective one. That's um yeah that, that that's that's really interesting. I think um I think we've 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 touched on uh, like I said like lots of stuff already, and I'm, I'm I'm conscious that it's um getting on a bit, but I would really like to hear just like finally from you guys um anything that you would like to say to our audience about um just advice really on how they can best support galleries and um the the work that you guys do not just now but over the next year. If there's anything that you could kind of compel them to do um what would you what would it be reach out engage you know like if we ask for questions sort of answer attend things support one another try and make cool shit happen and support other people to do the same because you know that's what sort of creates the sort of cultural ecology and i think we all need to sort of like rise together um, and sort of support one another particularly when you know it feels like, you know, nothing set in stone and that, yeah, we are all kind of treading water, um, but we're doing it together. Yeah. Yeah, I think just following on from that, I think I think you use the institutions. You use the, you know, use the galleries, have conversations with them, to, you know, get, get involved in any way you can. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, rather than seeing it as this other, I think, you know, one of the, one of the issues around um, kind of it's certainly kind of larger museums and galleries is people think of them as like you know the man and you know they're not they're, they're just a bunch of people working away trying to do a good job and I, I think to have uh, have those interactions with the people rather than the kind of edifice of the institution no matter what the scale of the gallery is um, that that's yeah that that's that's a rosy future in my book I've got little more to add to that. <laughs> Absolutely, tell us, 
tell us what we're doing well, tell us what we're doing shit. We're a, we're a resource, we're part of the community where, you know, we're, we're there to, I, fact is a public building, we receive public funding, we're there to support artists, we're there to provide a, a cult, cultural offer to our audiences, we're there to engage people and, and train people and give people opportunities. So, but you can't as, you can't do that in a vacuum and it, to be honest in Liverpool you never get a vacuum but um, I'm, I'm really interested in what people have to say regionally and and I, I was really excited to be part of this panel because I've been a bit sucked into Liverpool to be honest it, it has a very very strong community feeling and you get pulled into a lot of Liverpool meetings so it's it's really nice to talk across Leeds and across Manchester and across other cities and um, I want to want to be doing a lot more of that this year. Some really useful and meaningful ideas from our panelists there. Um, that concludes the first event of the Culture Matters series that the State of the Arts have been putting on. Um, we hope you enjoyed listening. We hope you took away something valuable. And if you get the chance, please give our panellists a follow on social media. Check out what their organisations are getting up to. We're going to be putting on more panel events to look at other creative industries and what their roadmap out of lockdown looks like. So check out the State of the Arts and our social media channels to find out more about our event series and to find out more about culture and art in the North. Thanks again to all our panellists. And thanks to you for listening to another episode of the State of the Arts podcast.